Well, good morning and welcome again. Keep your Bibles right where they're at. Our text for this morning will be Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. We will be continuing in our little mini-series within the bigger series. We've been looking at the book of Ephesians for a number of months now, and, and we, you know, over the last three or four weeks or so, we've kind of entered into this little mini-series in the big series called Walk. And uh, <clears throat> so far we've looked at part one, Walking in God's love, we've looked at part two, walking in God's light. And this morning, we're on part three, walking in God's wisdom. Walking in God's wisdom. Now, we've already read our main text. Thank you to John. And I think it's befitting to, uh, to pray again, and because I don't think you can have enough prayer in your worship service. And we need to pray again before we actually get to work on this text. Amen. Father, um, we we just want to humble ourselves now and acknowledge your presence, acknowledge your power, acknowledge your sovereignty. We want to acknowledge how you manifest your presence here with us through the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity. We pray that the Spirit would prevail over our hearts, that he would expose any sin, any foolishness that we might have, that he would also authenticate the wisdom that we might have, the good things that we are doing for, for the kingdom of God because of the grace of God. And so we just want to relinquish uh, this moment to you and submit to you. And we pray that you would be honored and glorified here in this place and that you would teach us what it means to walk in your wisdom. The people of God need this today, uh, more so than many things, and, uh, and that includes me. And so, uh, have your way here today and be glorified, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's pick it up at verse 15. That's pretty much where we left off last week. This big, big, big statement that, that Paul makes here, it says, look carefully then how you walk Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. You know, he's made a series of statements about walking in a particular way in the love of God and and in the light of God, and now he goes to this this idea of walking in wisdom. And uh, the first thing that I want to call your attention to here is, and I I like to, I'm, I'm a wordsmith, I like to take words and break them down the original language because I think that's where we get the heightened meaning. Sometimes the English kind of falls short of that, but I want you to take notice of the word then, the first thing then. It's just such a plain Jane sort of word. It's not something that we would really normally pay attention to. But what the word then actually does is it points back to what Paul has been saying in the previous verses. Some of your translations might say, therefore, um, same kind of thing there. So then really kind of points back to what he's been saying. And what has he been saying? What he's been saying is that as a beloved child of God and as an imitator of God, you are to walk in God's love and you are to walk in God's light. And now he's saying, and then do this in addition to that. Here's another thing. That's what then symbolizes is something in addition to those things. Or in light of those things, I want you to do this additional thing. So that's basically what he's saying here. So the question becomes, do what? What in addition to the other two things that he's already instructed us, does he want us to do? Well, we just read it. Look carefully at how you walk. Not as unwise, 
but as wise. Now let's break down the key words of this verse, as I said, so that we can get to the real heart and meaning of it. Take a look at that word carefully there. Carefully. Carefully is akribos, or akribos in Greek. And, and, and it's really interesting. It, it means something that I didn't have yesterday. It means accuracy. We went shooting yesterday. I didn't have accuracy. I hit more dirt than the target. Um, and then my wife gets up there with the same weapons and you know, starts you know, nailing bullseyes. She beats me in bowling. She beats me in shooting. She beats me in everything. I really despise her talent. Um, I don't. It's really amazing to have someone that's more talented than you, and that happens so often. But what this word carefully really means is, is accuracy. It means accurate. Accurate. So what Paul is basically saying is walk accurately. Carefully means accurate. Walk with accuracy is what he's actually saying. Walk accurately, not inaccurately. That's what he's saying. Back in Proverbs 15, 21, it says, Folly is a joy to him who lacks sense, but a man of understanding does what? He walks straight ahead. He walks straight ahead. He walks accurately. That's what Paul is saying here. Maybe another way to, to interpret 5.15 would be walk straight, not crooked. Okay? Walk straight, not crooked. That's basically what he's saying in this text. Walk straight, not crooked. Again, carefully has to do with accuracy or walking accurately. That's what he's saying. And then we look at the word walk. We looked at this word two weeks ago. It's peripateo in Greek. And it basically means to live or to behave or to go about doing. Okay, so basically what walk here represents is our lifestyle. Represents how we live our lives, how we walk, what we do day to day. That's what it means. In verse 15 of our text, walking and living are synonymous. The same thing. Walking and living mean the same thing. So we have this idea of of walking accurately or living in our day-to-day lives, living them out in an accurate way, is what he's saying. And, like I said, that was peripateo. Now we look at unwise. Look at that word there. And you can, you, know, you can highlight these. You can underline them. You can color it. Whatever you want to do. Unwise is sophos in Greek. sophos, And, and it, it just means something real simple. It means foolish. Asophos means foolish. Foolish. And Scripture very often refers to an unwise person as a fool. A person who lacks wisdom is a fool. Is uh, asophos, foolish. Uh, scripture even defines a fool as one who has no wisdom or one who lacks wisdom. So that's asophos, that's unwise. And then we have the exact opposite with the word wise there. Wise is not asophos, it's sophos. Ah, sophos means anti. Ah means anti, basically. Sophos means you have it. And so we have the exact opposite here, right? Sophos 
in Greek means, and this is really, really neat because this is actually what it means in the Greek. It doesn't just mean wisdom because we think it's the opposite of not having it. It means something a little bit more than that or a little bit deeper, a little bit broader. It means the skillful use of knowledge. That's what it means. It's the opposite of sosos. It's the skillful use. It's wisdom, but it's the skillful use of knowledge. And, and essentially, that is what wisdom is. How many of you just, like, you know, you know the definition of wisdom? Because I always get knowledge and wisdom confused, and they're really two different things. Knowledge is what you know and understand. Wisdom is how you live that stuff out, how you put it into practice. Discernment would be how you take that knowledge and that wisdom and instruct others to live it out, to be wise. So we have sophos. Wisdom, think of it like this. Wisdom is not what you know. Okay, that's knowledge. Wisdom is how you use what you know. How you put into practice what you know and understand. That's the definition of wisdom. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. I like Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's one of my favorite um, commentarians or scholars. He defined wisdom as this, the power and ability to apply intelligence and knowledge. It is the faculty for making use of your intelligence and knowledge and for bringing it into relationship with the ordinary, practical, daily things of life. That's a great definition of wisdom, and that's exactly where Paul's headed here. He also wrote this, Jones wrote this about wisdom. Wisdom is the capacity to take all the knowledge and ability one has and then to apply it. That's where we're going here. Okay, so now that we better understand the original words of verse 15, and I would say the English translation is really close, but I think we have a little deeper knowledge of it now. Now that we kind of better understand where Paul was going, we can kind of paraphrase verse 15, and it would sound something like this. Walk straight like a wise person, not crooked like a fool. That's what he said. I like my version better. Okay, if he heard it, he'd probably say, this is not accurate. I think it's accurate. I mean, we broke down the, the words in their original language. And, and what, he, what he has said here in verse 15 sounds a lot like a proverb, doesn't it? And guess what? It is a proverb. It might not be a proverb from the Bible in, in exact wording, but that's a proverbial statement. What has he said in verse 15? He said, walk straight like a wise person. You know what? You, you are a child of God, a beloved child, you are to be an imitator of God and to walk in his love and walk into his light and you need to walk straight like a wise person. Don't walk crooked like a fool. That's what he says. And I'll tell you, this, this is the action of a beloved child, an imitator of God. He or she walks in God's love, walks in God's light and walks in God's wisdom along straight paths. He or she does not swerve to the, to the right or swerve to the left. They are always trying to stay on this path of righteousness and wisdom, and they are always trying to keep their foot from evil, it says in Proverbs 4.27. The fool, on the other hand, does the opposite. Like a driver staring at his phone trying to text his wife, he's all over the place. He's all over the road. She's all over the road. In fact, the scripture even says that that person, that fool, is on the broad road to destruction. That's a big, broad highway of death and hell, and they swerve all over that puppy. 
But those who have wisdom, those children of light and love and of God and those imitators, they stay on this very, very narrow path. They don't look to the left or the right. They stay focused and they want to enter and they're seeking to enter through the narrow gate. That's the path of wisdom. That's the path of righteousness. That's what the true child of God does. Doesn't mean that they don't get stumbled up at times. It doesn't mean that they don't act a fool at times. It doesn't mean any of that. But there is a strong difference between the true fool and the truly wise person. And that's what Paul is basically saying here. Now, here's a great question, I suppose. How can believers know if they are walking straight, not crooked? How can they know if they are walking straight as a wise person? Or better yet, how can they know if they are walking in God's wisdom? Right? I mean, it's one thing to know what, what, we're, what we're called to do. It's one thing to be instructed, but what actually heightens that and makes it more helpful is to know how. And, and Paul has uh, continued to exhort and to instruct us to, to walk as children. And then he's continued to explain how we are to do it. Not in a vast detail. We have all the rest of Scripture to look at to get all the ins and outs of how that works. But he does give us some instruction. And he does even in this text, and we'll get to that. How can we know if we are walking in God's wisdom? Well, I think the easiest way to get down to it is to examine the walk of the fool. Because the walk of the fool is the exact opposite of the walk of the wise. And the scripture says much about the walk of the fool. Lots and lots and lots, especially in the wisdom literature like Proverbs. Maybe even Ecclesiastes, there's some wisdom there. And there's just stuff that's all over the scripture. And so what I want to do this morning is I do want to describe uh, to you the fool's walk and then sort of contrast or juxtapose it with the walk of the wise. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that this exercise will provide us with a clearer picture of what it means to walk in God's wisdom. So that we can do what? Walk in God's wisdom and glorify him in and through all that we do. So, I have nine things for you that characterize the fool's walk. And I think that, that to date in this series, this is probably going to be the most practical sermon of, of them all. It's just going to be simple, it's going to be practical, you're going to hear things, you're going to be able to take notes, and you're going to say, I understand this and I can do this. And sometimes, you know, when you look at scripture line by line and you expound it line by line you can get kind of lost in the nuance and in the narrative and all these things and you can lose the practicality of it and all of scripture is practical and 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 has been given to us for practical reasons that we might live for christ and so i think this exercise will help us but let me give you nine things you ready take a sip of your coffee come on wake up be ready this is decaf not doing anything, except giving me bad breath. Number one, this is the, these are the nine things that characterize the fool's walk. Number one, the fool walks in unbelief. The fool walks in unbelief. Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool says in his heart what? There is no God. That's what a fool does. 
A fool walks in unbelief. There is, he says to himself and he says to others, there is no God. According to Scripture, unbelief is one of the chief marks of a fool. That's one of the hallmarks of foolishness or of the fool. The fool denies the existence and sovereignty of God, and he even develops theories to explain God away, like evolution. It's not that he just, you know, he, he says to himself and to others, there is no God. He, he formulates theories and comes to these hypotheses. These, I don't even know how you say it when you're multi, what is it, plural? Hypotheses? Thank you, Paul. He's the wordsmith. He, he comes up with these theories and he writes out these lengthy things and many, many books and all these things to not just deny the existence of God, but to cause others to deny the existence of God, to try to put some kind of handles on unbelief. That's what the fool does. He explains, got away. Darwin. Darwin was educated. Darwin was smart. And he was a fool. Richard Dawkins, one of the leading atheists and, and debaters today, is, 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 is really, if you, if you were just to measure his IQ in these things, he, he, he's at the top of the scale. Brilliant! And he's a fool. See, it's, it's, not, it's not so much as what you know. It's not so much as your, your pedigree and your schooling and your IQ and your career and your earning potential or any of that. That's not how we define wisdom. That's the way the world defines wisdom and knowledge and these sorts of things. It's not what you know. It's who you know. See, God defines wisdom and everything else according to a whole set of different standards and it, it's amazing to me that, that, you know, that, that all of the, you know, not all, but the high majority of, of the most brilliant people who have ever lived and, and accomplished so much in science and medicine and, and all of these things and, 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 and just the vast majority of them, the most brilliant people who have ever lived and who live today, deny the existence of God and are in God's eyes fools. It says in Scripture, God shall shame the wisdom of, the, of, of these fools. And he uses the, the low and the, and the mild and the meek and, and the dummies like me to do it because we have him and know the truth. And the fool walks in unbelief. And, and then, and the wise walk in faith. The wise walk in faith. They believe God exists, but it has to be much, much more than that. They can't just believe God exists because a lot of people are still fools and they believe God exists. You have to have the right belief about God, not just some general knowledge that, man, there has to be someone out there who started all this because this is insane, and that's a lot of people believe in Big Bang and those sorts of things, and they attribute this to God in some general sense. That's not enough. You're still a fool if you have that view. You have to have not just belief in God, you've got to have right belief in God, and that is that He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who is God, 
to come and to live a perfect life for us, to die our death, to suffer in our place, to shed His blood, to remove our sin, who was buried, who rose, who was in victory, seated at the right hand of God, ruling and reigning over creation, more or less over His church. You've got to have not just a generalized belief of God. You can still be a fool. You've got to have a right belief of God. And you've got to believe that he's triune. You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son, that he is God, and that he came and paid the price for your sin. Only when you have that belief of God and what we would call true saving faith, only then are you wise You must believe in Jesus Christ and trust in him alone for your salvation. That's the right belief of God. Now, walking in unbelief obviously leads to number two. Okay? A fool walks in unbelief, but the fool also walks in irreverence. Irreverence. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord. What did we just sing? We sang this proverb basically. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he goes on to say, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Okay, what fear here has to do with is it has to do with a lack of respect or what we call a lack of reverence or irreverence. No fear means no respect. No reverence. The fool has no fear of God because he denies his existence. He just denies the existence of God. Therefore, he has no reason to respect God through his lifestyle and through what he says and through what he does. In the fool's mind, it is illogical to fear and revere someone who doesn't exist. And this is why his walk, her walk, is characterized by constant disrespect for God. The fool tells himself there is no existence of God, God doesn't exist. And he also tells himself that, man, there's no reason for me to respect something or someone who doesn't exist. The fool disrespects God with his thoughts. The fool disrespects God with his words. The fool disrespects God with his actions, through his living, through his lifestyle. And I will tell you that the literal starting point for true wisdom in accordance with this proverb is the fear of the Lord. That's the starting point for true wisdom. Those who do not fear the Lord, those who do not believe he exists, and those who do not fear him, it's impossible for them to have true wisdom. True wisdom comes, true wisdom is actually acknowledged through a fear of God. You've got, to, you've got to know who your creator is and you have to have this reverence for him. That is a sign that you actually have wisdom. I mean, think about it. The antithesis of that would be to disbelieve in God, have no wisdom of him, and he actually exists and is all-powerful and is this righteous judge and all these things. Boy, you don't sound like a wise person if you don't believe in him and all that. The starting point for wisdom is the fear of the Lord. There is no true wisdom apart from the fear of the Lord. Scripture makes it clear that a person will never be considered wise as long as he or she denies God's existence and walks in irreverence. 
And then the opposite happens here. You have the wise who walk in reverence, who walk in fear. They believe God is truly awesome, not like a really good pizza, because we use the word awesome for everything. Dude, that movie was awesome, bro. That hamburger was awesome. Those garlic fries, ha <laughs> ha. Right? We, we've just downgraded, like awesome is like an awesome word. And, and now, you know, pizza is awesome. Your car is awesome. Those rims with those spinners, not really awesome. 1995, you know, we literally, we use this for everything. And, and there is only one truly awesome one in the entire universe. And it is God, because awesome is like this state of awe that's just, it, it just goes beyond anything that we can comprehend. The, the believer, the wise person, the believer, believes that God is awesome in the true sense. That he is, or she is, awestruck by God. The wise person walks in reverence because they believe God is awesome, because they believe God is all-powerful, because they believe God is all-knowing, he knows everything. They believe God is omnipresent, he's everywhere. They believe God is holy, they believe God is righteous, they believe God is just. They believe God hates sin and wickedness. And they understand the wise person who walks in reverence, he or she understands that if it weren't for grace, the unmerited favor, the one-way love of God, they would be destroyed for their rebellion. There's the fear. The believer doesn't walk around like, God's going to kill me at any moment. That's the wrong way to look at this proverb. It is to say he is holy, he is beautiful, he is perfect, he is all-powerful, he is just. And I want to walk in such a way that reveres him. I want to honor and respect him because of who he is. And that we understand, you got to be humble, you need to understand that, that if it weren't for his saving grace, if it weren't for the work of Jesus Christ, that you would be consumed. And I'm just telling you, that produces a reverence and a fear of God. Not this, I'm so frightened of him all the time, but I want to honor him and respect him. That kind of, that's what should take place. That describes the wise person. He or she walks in reverence. I would say the knowledge of who God is and even the knowledge of his capabilities just go read Hebrews 10. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We're talking about the God who spoke all things into existence and who makes the mountains shake and the knees of all people shudder. We are talking about an awesome, awesome God. And we are mere ants. You see, the knowledge of who God is and what he does, it strikes fear in the hearts of the wise, and that results in reverence, respect. I want to walk in such a way, I want to live in such a way where I'm acknowledging who he is, and I want him to know that I fear and respect him. Number three, and that, that what I've just described is the exact opposite for the fool. He just goes around going... <laughs> And just saying things and, 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 and blaspheming and, and 
has no reverence. Number three, the fool walks in pride and self-reliance. The fool walks in pride and self-reliance. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, and it says more than this, but these are a couple of lines that I plucked from it. Be not wise in your own eyes. And it also says, do not lean on your own understanding. You see, the fool believes that his knowledge is sufficient. And he believes that his decisions are wise. That's what the fool believes. Sounds like a Doobie Brothers song. And a fool believes... Who's old enough to remember that one? One person. Dang it. That's a good song. Not when it comes to this text. The fool believes that his knowledge is sufficient. What I know is good, and what I do is good. It's sufficient. When he looks in the mirror, he he or she sees a well-rounded, well-equipped person with tremendous potential and endless capabilities. That's pride, man. He even believes that he is superior to God. He or she looks in the mirror and sees God. I'm my own God. He or she believes in their heart, this prideful, foolish, self-reliant person believes in their heart that they're superior to others. Well, I'm glad I'm not like that guy, a tax collector. When it comes to figuring out which direction to go, the fool leans on his own understanding and does one of the stupidest things you could ever do, and that is follow the desires of your heart. And we must remember that the heart is deceitful above all things. At least the fool's heart is. The fool is interdependent. Is that the right way you would say that? He depends on himself. Interdependent, maybe. The fool rejects instruction, right? Because he's got all the answers. He knows what's right and wrong in his mind. He doesn't want anyone telling him. The fool is essentially the center of the universe. I am what is most important. When I look in the mirror, I see myself, and I see a little G God, and I am what is most important. And guess what? That fool is getting hit by about 3,000 ads a day that tell him so. Maybe he's worth it. That's actually for the women. Although they do have guy liner today. Can't get my mind around that. That's apparently a makeup that men can use to highlight their eyes. I already got dark circles. Give me something that'll lighten them up. I look like the walking dead most days. This pride and this self-reliance and this thinking that I am God and that I, my knowledge is sufficient and all that, these things characterize my understanding, the direction that I take. That's what prevails. I'm the sovereign. That describes the fool's walk. Pride and self-reliance. And then you have the wise who walk in humility and God-reliance. Not self-reliance. When they look in the mirror, they see a weak and feeble person who needs God's help, God's mercy, and God's grace each day. They don't see one who's capable. They see someone who's incapable, 
who fouls it up all the time, who can't get things right. They don't despair in that because of God's grace, but they don't see this person who's sufficient and who has it all together and who can do all the right stuff. They see someone, they're like Solomon, God give me wisdom, they say. They don't say, I know what to do. The, the wise person walks in humility and God-reliance. They trust in God and not in themselves. And that really is what true humility is. It's, it's, it's lowering yourself and submitting yourself to God and saying, I don't have all the answers and I don't have any of the power and I can't do these things. And I submit myself to you because I know you're all powerful and that all things are possible in and through you and I want to submit myself to you. That's humility. And the wise person walks in that disposition, in that attitude. They believe any shred and ounce and bit of good knowledge and understanding that they have has come directly from God as a gift of grace. That's one of the biggest marks right there. How did you get to know what you know? Well, I tell you, I just open up the books and I study and I... That's fool's talk. Anything that I have has come directly. It's been granted, as John the Baptist said, it's been granted from heaven, from the Father. That's what the wise person says. He does not lean on his own understanding. He says, man, what I have... And what I know, and, and, and if, 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 if I can get out of bed in the morning and stand in front of the mirror and commit myself to the Lord and go off and serve him in my workplace over there at Raycor or over at Audio Outlaws or anywhere that I'm at, I can only do these things by the very grace of God. I don't walk out in my own sufficiency, my own ability, and my own power. Can I get an amen? Anything that I know has come through the gracious hands of my Father. The wise do not see themselves as wise. That's, that's how you can tell if you're dealing with a wise person. A wise person is like almost childlike kind of, you know how children are, they so often don't, know and understand what they're doing or whatever, and you have that child. The wise person has this childlike attitude and spirit about them. Man, I can't believe, Colby, the kind of wisdom that you have. I thought I was a dummy. The wise don't go around boasting about their wisdom. That's fool's talk. And maybe you do think you're a dummy, Colby. We can talk after the service. Colby's thinking, man, this guy, that's strike two. One more. One more. And I'm, 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 I'm going to give my life to the Lord. I don't know what he, he wouldn't say that. He would want to kill me in the elder meeting. Stop using the elders as an example. Stick to yourself. You're a good one. I'm a dummy. Wise do not boast about their wisdom. They don't boast about who they are, what they have, what they know. They don't boast about their ability to live out knowledge. They don't boast about their discernment. They're, they're not boasters. Boasting and pride are synonymous. They're the same thing. 
If anything, they boast in their weakness. That's what the wise person does. And they boast in the Lord. That's what the wise person does. They also rely on God because they believe he will guide them and make their paths straight. That's what the wise person believes. Boy, if I step out in life today, I know that I'm going to be all over the road. But if I seek the Lord as I begin my day and throughout the day, he will guide my paths. His word is a lamp unto my feet. Is anyone getting anything out of this? Just, just trying, to, uh, trying to help us see what the fool, how he walks, and how the wise person walks, right? Okay, number four. The fool walks in defiance. The fool walks in defiance. Proverbs 1, to 23, it says... How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? (laughs) I love that. How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. This proverb has to do with hating knowledge and spurning correction, rejecting correction. Because of pride and self-reliance, the fool does both. He hates the knowledge of God and he hates godly correction. Despises those things. When his creator, God, whom we're speaking of here, exposes the fool's unbelief and irreverence through the truth, through the proclamation of the the gospel, the scripture, what does the fool do? He defies his creator and turns from his creator's instruction, from his correction. Not only that, but he also scoffs at the rebuke. (laughs) How stupid. Those Christians are fools. The fool's walk is marked by perpetual defiance and rebellion. Rather than humbling himself before his God, he digs his heels in like a stubborn child. No! Just actively and perpetually defiant. No! That's what the fool does. And there are subtle ways of the fool in defiance as well. Don't think, it sounds like all of a sudden, what we're talking about here, well, you've just described the fool, you're right, but you've described unbelievers, not believers. So what you're saying to yourself is that unbelievers cannot act foolishly. That the unbeliever cannot walk in, in defiance at times. Because we can. We may not go, no. But we go, not important. We do that, don't we? You're smiling back there. You know what I'm talking about, huh? Guilty. Man, don't, don't just think, well, you know, praise God. He's just talking about those who don't know Jesus and love Jesus. This doesn't apply to me. Are you kidding me? Wait till we get to the little test in a little while. You'll be going, I hate him. I did the test and I was like, eh. We'll get to it. The fool walks in defiance, active disobedience. And when he's corrected, when she is corrected, no, no. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to hear this. Don't you be telling me what's going on here. I don't even believe in God. 
recently had a conversation with a guy who supposedly walked in faith his whole life and then all of a sudden became an atheist and was not just this atheist who denied and, you know, did everything that we're talking about here, but, you know, was aggressive and actively pursuing believers and attacking them verbally and all these things. And I, and I said to him, you know, and, and you talk about defiance. I told him, I said, dude, the truth, the gospel, the, the Bible isn't something that you can flip on and off like a light switch. You say that you, you, that you, you know, you subscribe to this and you spent your whole life reading it and studying it and believing it and telling others about it. And then all of a sudden now, all of a sudden you're an unbeliever. So this is just irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't apply to me. And I said, you can't flip it on like a switch and off like a switch. It still applies, bro. It's still for you. No, I don't believe it anymore. So now it doesn't have anything to do. It did defiance. It doesn't have anything to do with me because I no longer believe in it. People who do not believe in the truth think that somehow it doesn't apply to them. And those who maybe walked in faithfulness, I guess, for the appearance of it at least, and then all of a sudden later they don't any longer. Now, it's, just, it's irrelevant to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. I no longer believe it. So it doesn't apply. It doesn't matter. So how dare you, preacher boy, warn me Constant warnings from me. You're going to perish. You know? And then he turned to not just defiance, but persecution. You this and you that and, oh, and all these expletives. And, you know, and it's just, that's defiance. And, and, and he was a fool. The wise, however, walk in submission. See, the opposite of defiance, the antonym, the opposite is submission. Defiance, no! Submission, yes. The wise walk in submission. They submit to the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin, John 16, 18. They also, and this is so key, listen the wise not only submit to God, but they submit to one another. They do not defy one another when they are wrapped up in sin. And how many times have you yourself or somebody you know, when you went to them and gave loving instruction and correction, and <laughs> they just went pit bull mode on you. They defied you and your instruction your exhortation. So you got to be careful here. See, the wise person submits not only to God and to the truth, but they submit to one another. They're not in the business of defying one another when, when a loving brother or sister comes and says, look, you know, hey man, you said some things the other day and I'm very concerned and I just want to, just let me, you know, let me lovingly exhort you and get out of my face. That's a fool. Don't you be coming and telling me what I'm doing. Look at you. I love it. Here's, a, here's, a, here's a, uh, uh, an illustration or an example of defiance. When, when you're sitting across from buddy, somebody and, and, you, and you're sharing some truth with them. And, and why do we do this to begin with, for crying out loud? Love! Not because I'm better. 
We go to them in love and we sit down with them and, 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 we, and we say, look, man, hey, bro, um, here's what's going down, you know, and I'm just concerned about you and I love you. Or, hey, hey, uh, you know, uh, what do you, bro-et, if you're a female, I'm concerned, that was weird, I'm concerned about you and, and I've been, you know, and, and, and whatever. And you know what? And, and the wise person who goes with the instruction also invites it for themselves. Maybe you could help me and see some shortcomings in my life and expose those things. I want to walk in purity. But, you know, you sit down with this person and in love you have this gentle sort of conversation and then what they start doing is generalizing well everyone sins and everyone stumbles and grace is just for all of us and you know what that is defiance it's called deflection number one counseling thing that's what i majored in when somebody you're sitting across from and you're having this conversation they start talking about other people what about you we ain't talking about me right now we're talking about you well my wife we're not talking about your wife we're talking about you. Well, my children. We're not talking about your children. We're talking about you. Well, other believers. We're not talking about... Well, you, you know, this is a love punch. It's called deflection. Translation from the Greek, defiance. Not really. It is called defiance, not translated from the Greek. The wise person does not do that. They sit, and you know what? They're not thrilled. The wise person isn't this guy that gets it all down and somebody says, hey, you know, I've just noticed some sin in your life. They go, golly gee, thanks for pointing that out. I feel so bad. That's a sociopath. <laughs> Get away from that guy. I think he's got a knife. No, he says, well, you know, I don't... I don't know, man. I, I thought I was doing, you know, there's, there's some fumbling around there. I mean, it's not a perfect scenario, but oh, gee, thank you. Now, sometimes there's some resistance and there's some defiance. We have flesh. But if you're on the other end and you're on the receiving end, if you're acting in wisdom, you'll listen and you'll submit yourself to that brother or sister and you'll want what's best for your relationship with Jesus Christ to walk in holiness, propriety and all that. And you'll humble yourself and you'll say, thank you so much for that instruction. Would you pray for me? Because I need some help. You're not going to just spin it all around the O'Reilly factor, the no spin zone. Well, it's his fault, it's her fault, and I don't want to. I don't want to hear this. The wise desire to become like Jesus, and when their behavior falls short, they want godly brothers and sisters to point those things out in love and to help them get back on track. That is the mark of a wise person. Number five, the fool walks in quickness of speech. Man. This is one that was like, you just like, and I was like, oh. The fool walks in quickness of speech. Proverbs 12, 6. A fool shows his annoyance at once. Fools are quick to voice their opinions. And their annoyance, they're quick to voice their grievances. Well, let me tell you, I don't like what you're doing. They're just real quick. It's like they got two six-shooters listening. Where is it? Where is it? There it is. I don't like it. That's what they do. They're just quick to air out a grievance. They're quick to complain. They're quick to correct. They're quick at all these things. They're quick to speak. Now, they do this over little things. They do this over big things. Fools are nitpickers. Fools chisel away at others with criticism and correction. Fools are complainers. 
They are nags. The other day uh, on the radio, <laughs> you know, when you, you hit 40, you actually start listening to 102.3. Before 40, it's like the Antichrist. Listen to this stupid elevator music. Now you're like, hey, you know, right? Any, can I get an amen? There's only like four people in here who are over 40. That's the problem. Everyone else is like, that station's dumb, dude. Stupid. I listen to B93. <laughs> Who's the stupid one? All that new pop, it's disposable. Let's get back on track. The other day I was listening to 102.3. You know, no, I wasn't listening to Delilah. Let me give you some wisdom. Leave that scumbag. She would never say that. I was listening, it just it was one of those things in between songs, you know, I think it was like I was jamming to men at work. Yeah, who can it be now? This guy, right? And then all of a sudden, John Tesh comes on and he offers one of his little tidbits of wisdom. See? The baby knows. I like John Tesh. He did a rendition of Open the Eyes of My Heart years ago, so obviously we like him here, apparently. He gave this little warning to men. He said, men... Men, I, I want to inform you of something here that's so vitally important to your life and your relationships and whatever. You need to be mindful that if your wife, this is not really his voice, or girlfriend stops complaining, be concerned. Experts say that when a woman stops complaining, it means that she has given up on the relationship and the end is near. That's what he said. I was like... My wife hardly complains. I'm headed for divorce court. <laughs> I didn't believe him. What the experts and John Tesh fail to realize is that a God-fearing woman can also decide to obey the scriptures which says do all things without complaining. Or our text, a fool shows his or her annoyance at once. So that could be a sign that your relationship is going down the tube, but according to Scripture, it could be a sign that your wife is becoming a godly woman because she's not nitpicking anymore and she's not doing these things and complaining and maybe she's slow to speak. Amen? See, that, that this, this idea of not, you know, the quickness of speech and being reactionary, the idea there, it has to do with being wise. The fool is the one who says all this stuff and complains endlessly and just chatter, 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 chatter. The wise walk in slowness of speech. They are the opposite, quick to listen. They carefully pay attention to what is being said. They process the information. They listen and they process and they search their vocabulary, no matter how broad or limited it is, for the right words to say, words that will not bring them into reproach or dishonor the Lord in their response. That's what the wise person does. He or she analyzes what's being said, looks for the right words, gives the response, maybe has to wait a little while before they give their response. The wise also, right, because the opposite, the fool, he's quick to show his annoyance and to complain and to point things out. The wise are the opposite. They overlook insults. He just blasted me. That's what they think. They don't speak. And they do not nitpick. And they do not complain. And they do not blitzkrieg others with many words. 
The wise are the opposite. They are slow to speak. And this plays right into number six. The fool walks in many words. It's not that he just responds quickly and says things quickly and doesn't think through what he or she is saying. That's what a fool does. It's that they use a lot of words as well. Ecclesiastes 10, 14, fools multiply words. Fools talk and talk and talk. Every time I'm around that gal, all she does is talk and talk my ear off. Every time I'm around that guy, whoo, I stay away from him, man. Don't go to him. He just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking. He knows how to talk. That's the mark of a fool. Someone who just, bah, chatty Cathy doll. They just pull their own string. Mah, mah. Seen planes, trains, and automobiles? Del Griffith was a fool. They walk in many words. They just talk and talk and talk and talk. And they even, uh, I'd say they spray endless barrages of speech. They cut people off when they're talking. Right? You're saying something. You don't get to finish what you're saying because you're standing in front of a fool who just can't keep his mouth quiet for a moment and listen. They try to one-up others when somebody's telling a story. Right? Well, I'll tell you, when I was walking Half Dome, hey, I jumped off of it with no parachute. And I lived to tell because I hit 74 pine trees on the way down. I got a lot of splinters, but I was okay. They just don't even let people tell a story. They don't even let people share an experience. They just, I, 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 he's done. I got something better. They're me monsters. They employ, uh, they try to one-up others all the time, and they employ what I do refer to as verbal blitzkrieg. I mentioned it in the last line, in the last point. They employ verbal blitzkrieg in debate and conversation. And what they do is, you're having a conversation with somebody, maybe you're writing or you're speaking, maybe you're debating a subject or something like that. And what they do is they hit you with so many darn words, you can't even keep up. Now, I've had some of these debates with people, you know, where I'm writing them, and, you know, I'll write two sentences, and his reply is 19 paragraphs. And I come back and go, cool, I don't even read it. Who has time to read all that? That is actually a tactic. I will exalt in my superior writing style in, in words, you know, uh, uh, wordship, and, and I, will, I will defeat this person in this conversation by destroying them with paragraph, paragraph, and I will just exalt myself, and everyone will see all that I've written and the intricacy of it, and, and then, you know what I do? Here's what really ticks people off when you do this. You just come back with a verse, and then you get out of there. You moonwalk, and they're like, Aah! Because they know you really didn't read all their stuff. The fool is the one that just wants to overwhelm people with speech and words and writing and all of that. They use the blitzkrieg. They use many words to discombobulate and dominate others, whether it be in regular conversation, whether it be in writing. And I'll tell you, it comes from a massive hole in their soul. The wise walk in few words. They are not, listen man, this is important, the wise are not consumed by a burning desire to be heard. They are secure and satisfied in Christ, and because of this, they are not addicted to attention. Because that's why people speak so much. Pay attention to me! (laughs) 
the wise have no desire to become the life of the party, but fools grapple for the limelight. They wrestle with each other. No, I better choke him out. Let me get in there and say. That's what they do. Proverbs 10.19 says, where many words are spoken, sin is not absent. Have you ever noticed that about yourself? The more you move your lips, the more you find yourself sinning. The wise understand this, and this is why they are choosy with their words, and this is why they speak less. Much talk equals much sin. James said, who can tame the two-ounce beast? Our tongue, no one! You can't keep that little two-ounce beast in there tame. If you're opening your mouth, he's going to get loose. All the more reason to keep that puppy behind his cage, its cage, which are your teeth. A closed mouth is a wise mouth. But be careful in your marriage. He never speaks. He's the most wise spouse in the world, lady. Be careful, guys. Women want to hear. Process. Speak with wisdom. Well, let me instruct you, young child of... No, don't do that. This is your spouse! Doesn't that be awkward? Thank God I can't talk like that. I'm all, hey, babe. <laughs> a closed mouth is a wise mouth. A, 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 a mouth that speaks less is a wise mouth. A mouth that processes... A mouth that seeks not to dominate others with verbiage and words and phrases and sentences and corrections and knowledge and all this garbage. That's a wise mouth. Seven, a fool walks in carelessness. Ephesians 5.15, that's our text, right? Here's where Paul brings in some little proverbs of his own. A fool walks in carelessness. Ephesians 5.15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise. Fools pay little to no attention to how they live. They have no moral compass, and they lack prudence and propriety. Some call those who behave this way, and I hate this, free spirits. He's such a free spirit. He just, he dates this one girl, and he dates this other one, and he dates 15, and he drives a VW bus. He sleeps in a sleeping bag. He's just, you know, he lives down by the park by the river. You remember that skit, Right? He's just a free spirit. He just kind of goes where he wants to go and does what he wants to do. And it's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. That's how we are to live. And the Bible calls that person a fool. Because he doesn't pay any attention to how he lives. He lives carelessly. Free spirit means careless living, means fool. A wise person pays attention to their life. What they're doing, what they're saying, how they're acting, how they're living, how they're treating others. They even pay attention to how they worship the Lord to make sure they're doing it in spirit and truth. They're not doing something that doesn't honor the Lord or it isn't characterized by the Holy Spirit. That fool just walks in this carelessness. He doesn't pay any attention to his life. He just kind of does whatever. The wise, on the other hand, they walk in carefulness. They pay attention to their behavior, their lifestyle. They test themselves. They check to see if they have veered onto the crooked path like a fool. And if they have, they repent and return to the path of the wise. In Ephesians 5, 16 to 17, Paul listed two more characteristics of a fool's walk. We'll hit them quick 
the fool walks in wastefulness, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Fools spend an enormous amount of time on meaningless pursuits. They invest hours, days, and years in things that have no eternal significance or impact. They waste time and resources on stuff that doesn't matter. Things that will be either handed to others, end up in a landfill, or be consumed by fire. 2 Peter 3.10 They just waste time. I used to do this big time, man. I jumped from one hobby to the next. Now it's this. My wife's like, we can't keep up with these. I can, woman. Just all this time into this, and all this time into that, and all this time into this, and all this time into this, and then at the end of the day, you stop and you think about it. It's like, does any of this matter? Man, some of my family members who are just kind of crazy, they're going to end up with this stuff anyways. Or it's going to be over at the landfill. Let's put all the time into these wasteful, all the time, and the resources are wasted on stuff that means nothing. That, that better car, or that, this better house, and some people, they spend their whole life building this house into a palace. I finally get to enjoy it. I'm 65. Bam! Stroke! Carelessness with or wastefulness, actually, and carelessness, but I'd say wastefulness with the time and everything else. They just pour it into everything else, and yet the wise walk in efficiency. They make the most of their time by preaching the gospel to the lost and building up the saints because they understand what the days are evil. Because the days are evil was Paul's way of exhorting believers to take action now because as evil increases throughout the world, our ability to freely live out our faith and propagate the gospel becomes more and more hindered. As evil rises, our ability to walk freely and to proclaim freely and to love freely becomes hindered. Think of countries where Christianity wasn't illegal at one time, but now it's completely banned in China and Pakistan, Iran, Nigeria, Sudan, North Korea. Because of evil in those places, you cannot freely preach the gospel. Saeed Abedini was put in prison for three years in Iran for this very thing. He was just released last week as a prisoner exchange. As two or three or four more terrorists hit the battlefield. When evil increases, our ability to minister freely decreases. Paul's exhortations make the most use of your time now because evil is increasing. And you know what? He would also say, don't get me wrong, the Lord's coming back. But make the most use of your time. Don't be wasteful. Don't pour all your time and resources into stuff that means nothing. Pour it into what matters, eternal, eternally significant things, right? Put it into what matters because the days are evil. One day, what he's saying here is one day you won't be able to do this. And if you can, it'll be so limited, it'll be underground. I think we're going there here in this country. It's only a matter of time. You just think about it. Right now, you have Supreme Court leaders and politicians who are reinterpreting, essentially rewriting our Constitution, which has resulted in less and less religious freedom, at least Christian freedom. Christian businesses are being put out of business. Christian owners are being sued. God has been driven from our schools. God has been driven from our government. And now these fools want to drive him from the marketplace. And guess what's next? Our homes and our very lives. 
The days are evil. Make the best use of your time. Stop putting your time into things that don't matter. One day, you won't be able to do any of this stuff that we're talking about or it'd be so hampered. Maybe that's what the church needs in America. Maybe the true church will step out. This is why Christians are to be wise in making the best use of their time. Nine, lastly, the fool walks in ignorance of God's will. Therefore, and this is right here from our text again, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. A fool has no understanding of God's will. It is foreign to him. He walks in darkness and his works are unfruitful. He walks in the unfruitful works of darkness. He walks in absent-mindedness, completely oblivious to the will of God. The wise walk in understanding of God's will and they exhibit wisdom by doing God's will. And when they aren't certain about God's will in a matter, they seek understanding through scripture and through prayer and through godly counsel so that they what? Can continue to walk in God's wisdom and glorify him. By definition, a wise person seeks the will of God, knows the will of God, and does the will of God. That's what Paul is saying. What is the main point of Ephesians 5, 15 to 17? Here it is. God's beloved children are to imitate God by walking in God's wisdom. How well are we doing this? Let's just quickly test ourselves. Fools walk in unbelief. Fools walk in irreverence. Fools walk in pride. Fools walk in self-reliance. Fools walk in defiance. Fools walk in many words. Fools walk in carelessness. Fools walk in wastefulness. Fools walk in ignorance of God's will. Have I described you? You walk in unbelief. You walk in irreverence. You don't respect God and you do whatever. You walk in pride. I, it's, I'm the center. I rely on myself and my abilities. You walk in defiance. Don't tell me about that stuff, pastor. Get off my back. You walk in many words. You're just a big talker. running your mouth all the time. You're quick with your words. You're quick with your responses. You walk walk in many words. You walk in quickness of speech. You, You walk in carelessness. You pay no attention to your life. You walk in wastefulness. You're constantly putting time and money and resource into things that really don't matter at the end of the day. And you're ignorant of God's will. The other, the wise, the wise walk in faith, the wise walk in reverence, they respect God. The wise walk in humility and God reliance, the wise walk in submission, the wise walk in slowness of speech and few words, the wise walk in carefulness, uh, the wise walk in efficiency, they make the most use of their time, the wise walk in the knowledge of God's will. And one of the things that characterizes the wise is that they're constantly trying to find the will of God in the scriptures so that they can walk in his wisdom, so that they can please him. How'd you do? How'd you do with the test? Fool? Are you wise? Are you a fool? Are you both? Are you a wise fool? Does such a creature exist? No! There is no such thing as a fool who is wise or a wise fool. It doesn't exist. Let me tell you why. If you are in Christ, you are a beloved child of God. And a, a beloved child of God is never, ever, ever a fool in his or her father's eyes. Never. Now we can certainly act foolish as his children. But our behavior will never change our title or status as adopted sons and daughters. You are a son and you are a daughter at all times with God. You're never thought of as, look at that dumb fool. 
but my son or daughter acts foolishly. There's a difference. There's a difference between having your identity changed through your foolishness. That can't happen. In order for that to happen, you'd have to undo the finished work of Jesus Christ. You are what you are. And you are a son or you are a daughter, period. But you can act foolishly. Make no mistake, though. As a son or daughter, God commands us to put off our old self with its foolish ways and to put on our new self and imitate him by walking in his love walking in his light, and walking in his wisdom. I'll just be transparent. Number eight, hit me square. I can be wasteful with my time. You know, I used to be really, really bad when it came to the hobbies and just pouring all my time and resource into things that really don't matter. I used to be a lot worse. But I, I still have a tendency to, to foolishly invest in things that they just don't matter. They just don't matter. There are times and moments and seasons where I do not make the best use of my time. And I do understand that the days are evil. Where did God hit you?